This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Hi, I'm M. Joshua Collar, and I'm here this morning with Brian Hall. Good morning, hey. And today we're going to be talking about uh, just a bunch of questions that people have about what are games, how do they function, and stuff like that. Um, and it started with Brian actually pitched me and said, I want to interview you, Josh, and I want to ask you questions about what motivates you as a guy who loves Jesus and writes about games. And so, and that became this thing called Theology Gaming Sessions, and we did an, a piece on it and uh, uh, interviewed some of the other guys, and it was really cool. Um, but I thought that maybe this would be really good for a podcast. And so today, we're going to actually be asking uh, a number of those questions. Um, and the first one is, what games drain you? Uh, or why do games drain you? Um, and then the second question we're going to get to is, what games have contributed to your growth as a person? So start it low, bring it up. And then we're going to take a little moment aside, because uh, today, um, actually, whether I forget whether that's today or tomorrow, uh, PS4 comes out. Uh, and that's a pretty big deal. Um, we haven't had a, a, new, a new major console in a while. We got Wii U last year, but I think it'll be good to just divulge a little bit on that. Uh, and the last question is, do you really believe in agency and what it means to be a player in a game versus uh, you as a person? Is it you who's playing the game or is it another person and all that stuff? And we brought that up a little bit in uh, another Theology Gaming podcast, but um, it really is a big subject and worth talking about and more. So, Brian, uh, you had thrown out the question, uh, so what are games that drain you? Games that drain me. Uh, the first one that comes to mind would be Tomb Raider. Um, something about the game, just kind of the overall tone of it, the darkness of it, it just leeches at me and kind of sucks at my soul. <laughs> so it, it's I, not a game that it makes. It leaves me like when I walk away from it that I feel very happy about. It's just, it's just kind of like, oh, okay, I've gotten to a point where I know that the character's safe, or at least, yeah, I mean, she's safe. And I can leave her now and walk away. It reminds me of playing, or it reminds me of when I read the book The Road. I would have to get to a point where the characters were okay, and then I could walk away from it, but otherwise I couldn't. And the same thing with Tomb Raider, it's just, it's just dark. Did you feel that way the whole way going into it, or, or was that just something that you, that you like, it like, for me I felt like it washed over me, and that I didn't really necessarily address all of that, and I, I could see it on the front end, but I felt like the weight of it didn't really crush my heart until more towards the end of the game. It, it just feels like the whole game's been kind of a torture simulator for the oh, okay. main character, and, I, and that's what I don't like about it. It's yeah. like, what, what can we do to torture her? I mean, whether it's falling off a cliff, uh, the, the parachute scene, where she's being dragged through the forest and she's hitting stuff, and it's just like, it I does, don't know. Yeah, it doesn't help when there's all those, uh, those cutscenes, uh, endings, like getting impaled by a tree or getting impaled by a uh, something while she's getting thrown through a river or whatever, and that are really, really gross. Um, yeah, yeah, that doesn't help. But um, that's that's probably the first one that comes to my mind. Um, yeah. What and about if, you? Uh, well, I mean, I wrote about I steal the, it. Yeah, no, no, no. That's cool. Like, I had actually written an article on theology gaming called uh, "Tomb Raider: Depression and Spiritually Draining Games," mm-hmm. um, and I, I didn't actually intend to use Tomb Raider because it was. Um, I don't know. There, there are so many other games that are more draining than that. Like I can think of like uh, Amnesia: The Dark Descent. Um, any game that's intentionally scary and has absolutely no happy colors whatsoever. Um, and yeah, happy colors. Happy colors. You know, there's t- so many games out there that have um, no happy colors. Like Gears of War. Um, like, I mean, even God of War. Like God of War might have like some bright happy colors, but 
not really. Like, I mean, the color, the the main protagonist in God of War is is a a gray, undead Spartan uh, demigod. It's like, <laughs> it, it, I I don't know. Like, tr- but there's more color in that than there is. Blades of death. Come on, man. That's true. They are colorful blades of death. Um, Game, game's uh, awesome. And, and these, <laughs> there's there's a lot of good games that. Or, or games that I think that are really good or add a lot to us, mm-hmm. um, but are actually aesthetically kind of not so happy. Like even even like some indie games that are like my my absolute favorites do have this grading art style, it, and it, a lot of it's just to, to put people in this mood of tension. Because mm-hmm. um, what's the most important thing of a game to capture people's interest and keep them in, invested in, in it is tension. Um, if if an action movie has no tension, you get bored and you change the channel, um, or you know, take the DVD out of the play or whatever, or stop watching it on Netflix. But the the point being, like, if if a plot doesn't have any conflict, it's not a plot that's moving forward, um, and that makes it really hard because we don't. It's weird because we want stress in our entertainment when we're like down, like chilling out for the day. You know what I mean? See, and that's what's interesting, is I don't approach games. Um, I have a problem playing them when I'm stressed out. And so usually that's the last thing I'll do. And so it's when I'm not stressed that I'll go and sit and play a game, but then usually the game stresses me out because it requires a certain level of skill. Uh, you know, whether it's uh. skill, whether it's the atmosphere that kind of zaps you, the, the game does take from you just a bit, just like a good book does or anything like that. You know, it takes kind of from uh, your thinking. But, yeah, um, yeah no, I, I totally agree. Yeah. Um, another another thing, like uh, Tomb Raider, of course, was was the go to for that that article piece, just because I figured it's better to have one one example, and I, I chose a couple of screen grabs specifically from the parts where there's like a room full of of gross rotting bodies that are around Lara, and for some reason we don't think about like the game's design so that you uh, what was the word that you came up with about the the wall around uh, Disneyland? What was it called? Oh, it's the berm. The berm. This this concept of of drawing people's attention away from the outside world, so they focus only on what's in it. Yep. Um, and and the ir- irony of that is that, like in Tomb Raider, like it causes you to focus on not what was the motivation on why are these dead bodies all over the place, but like that's just the aesthetic. Because um, if if there like the if there were actually that many dead people who died at one point and just no one took care of their bodies, no one would ever be able to go in there. It would be a quarantine zone, you know, like. It's it's not a realistic depiction, uh, and that many dead bodies all over the place. It's just I don't know why designers don't use more subtlety. Um, I guess that has something to do with demographic. You wanted less dead bodies. Yeah, I wanted I wanted a lot less. I mean, like, because the moment that you as a human being see another dead body, like it does something to you. Like, um, I've never been in a morgue. But I've been to funerals, and like it causes you to be solemn. It doesn't cause you to be like, "Hey, I'm just going to go and you know swing on this rope across the room." You know, like <laughs> it 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 has it has a, a profound effect, and that that might be the part of the message and what they're doing there. But um, uh, one of the games that I can think of that has uh, you brought up um, and mentioning the road, which of course isn't a game, but uh, Cormac McCarthy's book and movie. Um, which in the I want to be clear that the movie is not as good as the book. The book is much better. Yeah. In that the book has more more of a poetry to it, 
and it makes it beautiful. And the movie just did not have that. It's like watching people mope around for two hours. <laughs> it's like, oh, they're not happy. And look, they're not smiling. And they're never going to <laughs> smile. But the book wasn't like that. You know, there was a language to it that was just, it was amazing. Huh. I don't know. I, I was disappointed by the movie. Even though the movie is beautiful in its own right, due to the way it's filmed, it was gorgeous. Sure, sure. Um, bleak, but wh- Bleak and gorgeous. That makes sense. Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but uh so the the moment that that the road became like a a cultural phenomenon with with the book and 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 subsequently the movie um all of uh the game design world was in this uh Fallout 3 um post-apocalyptic dark depressing setting like how do we do this in a way that authentically captures um the 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 relationship between a father and his and his son or a a dad and his daughter um, and that that was actually even part of the, the the concept behind Fallout Three, and was part of the actual story. But you would never know that. Um, I mean, well, you you do, but it's just it just loses its its luster. And the only game that I can think of that's actually done that concept of the road, like where games have been trying to like, how do we capture this essence of the road? Um, was The Last of Us, and I played The Last of Us before I played uh, Tomb Raider. And uh, again, these are these are just really dark, draining, depressing games set in a, a future where there is basically no hope whatsoever. Um, and this is where we spend... Uh, I, I spent 14 hours in, in The Last of Us, and it's a very fascinating story with very believable characters, but there is a lot of that whole, like, well, we have to use violence, and we have to uh, do what we can to get by, even if we are terrible people. And so, yeah, it's going to drain you. It's going to, it's, it, it, but at the same time, you're so sucked into their story, you don't want to go and do something else. Um, and again, this is that, that to me, like it's this uh, engagement and this tension that that creates that berm. Would you? Yeah, I, I, I haven't played The Last of Us. I remember though playing and this. This reminds me of our final question about agency. Um, I played Fallout Three for a bit, and I played it up until the point where I'd gone to this tower. And you could go live in this tower and be safe, and they offered you that shelter. Um, but there was the guy wanted you. I don't know if there was a balcony. You walked out onto it, and I think it was the oh, owner of the tower. He offered you, yeah, he offered you the ability to um, you yeah. could nuke a town. And I remember doing it, and I felt bad yeah. afterwards. And I actually I walked away from the game. <laughs> and I never came back. Yeah, I've I've played the game many many times, and I I, I have pressed press. Uh, done that but I couldn't go much past yeah. seeing what it actually did to the town before I had to load up an earlier save and not do that <laughs> I I literally I literally felt bad I mean I all of a sudden that flash of light I think I was shocked that the game would even yeah. allow you to do that and then you go back over that way and there's people still living and they're all irradiated and they're messed yeah. up and it was just it's yeah. like, what did I do? You know, and I wish that I hadn't done it. And I probably, I should have gone back and gone to a previous game, yeah. but I didn't. And I just, I just left the game. I'm like, I can't, I cannot handle this. That, you know what? That yeah. game was oh, also yeah. draining because, uh, you'd play, there was one, um, storyline where you'd go out to this overpass that mm-hmm. the city had been built on. Yeah. 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 Or it was a town and they were being stalked by, I think it was, it was... two people that were slowly picking them off. Yeah. They, they, they were one of the vampires. Yeah. Like yeah, and so that that about freaked me out. I walked into some hut, and in there, you know, there's dead bodies in there from these vampire guys that had come in and killed them in the night. And I think I was playing at night, and it just it just freaked me out. I was I was done. But I don't do well 
I don't do well with games like that. Yeah, no, that's completely understandable. Um, uh, so that those are those are uh, we've we've given a lot of examples of games that drain you, and and my resolve at the, at the end of my article about draining games was, um, you know, if you're gonna play them uh, as a Christian, you should you should like fill your spirit up with light. Like you should like maybe while you're playing a game, like maybe while you're even Skyrim was kind of draining for me. So I would put on like worship music while I was pl- playing Skyrim. I know that's a little weird. Um, uh, or another option is uh, before and after you play a game, like pray, or while you're while you're actually playing through a game, um, talk to God. And this is not something that's easy. Like I'm 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 like the super like I, don't, I wouldn't say super charismatic guy, but I'm like a practical charismatic. Like I I want to uh, engage with the Holy Spirit in everything that I do, and I I, I do pray in tongues. Um, and sometimes that that can be a really good way to like just like put yourself in a posture of acknowledging God, uh, even while you're in this world where there is the berm that is designed to kind of keep your attention in that world and not necessarily engage on the outside of that, which is where the Holy Spirit tends to be seated. So I, I really do want to find a way, I, I do want to encourage, because um, it, it is this crazy hard discipline to engage with the Lord in that way. Is that something that you've um, given a lot of thought to, or do you have any uh, opinions on that? Well, I mean, talking about the concept of the berm, so Disneyland, the original park in California, it has this gigantic berm that goes all the way around it, and it keeps you from seeing the outside world. So when you go into the park, the, you actually have to walk through a tunnel that goes through the berm, and it's the railroad track that goes over in the front. And when you walk through that, there's a plaque that's over, and it says, here you leave today and enter the world of yesterday, tomorrow, and fantasy. And basically, it's Walt Disney offering you his hand and saying, come into my world and just enjoy it and leave behind all that you know that you've got and I got thinking about that most games do that actually all games do that they invite us into their world um you know to play and to you know just kind of enjoy their structure hmm. and the thing is is that in doing that and putting the game in and pressing play pressing start and you know engaging the game we're opening ourselves up um to many different things, whether it's, you know, tension and, uh, you know, an entire world that's draining and depressing. And I'll tell you, sometimes games like that are fun. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's different seasons in my life where I actually don't mind that. But there's other seasons where I need color, I need happiness, and I don't need to live in a world that's dark because sometimes life's hard enough. Yeah. You know, and, and so it's, it's just interesting how um, we open ourselves up to different worldviews that are different than our own, which is shouldn't surprise us at all. Um, just interesting, you know. And yeah. I, and I don't think about it when I jump into the game at all, you know, because you're just you're going into it. You start playing, and you don't realize all the different things that are being basically shot at you. Yeah, you know, from a either a mechanical perspective or aesthetic or whatever it is, but eventually yeah. all of that it does affect you in some way. Yeah, that's a good point. Cool. It does. I mean, so so that would go into our question on um, games that have helped you grow as a person. Yeah, I want to get to that in one second because I, I I did want to also like tie off uh, uh, that that subject a little bit on drain draining games. Do and, it. and we don't want to spend too much time, of course. But um, this is draining. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> times. Are there specific times? Uh, well, I think actually we already kind of answered like when are the times that games do this. Um, but I also wanted to bring up the concept of like just too many games like when you have too many games um and you're um you have too much time even like that's not something that happens too often for guys who are uh husbands uh, like us uh, um and in your case a dad um I'm like what <laughs> uh but um there but but i can understand the too many games yeah 
and and so like the question the question is like what do you think is about it is about it when you get to a point where you're like I want to sit down and I want to play a game I have a few minutes and you look at your library and you're like done yeah (laughs) (laughs) I'm like done yeah I mean especially when you have 30, 40, 50, 60 games sitting there yeah and any one of them is calling your name and you can play one of them but it's which one do you choose and truthfully I get overwhelmed I flip on Netflix and I'm done yeah yeah I, I don't even play because it's not worth sitting there and making the choice. And, and that's odd. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, and, and this is something that I've, I've heard a lot of times, and, and, and actually, uh, especially in PC gaming, uh, people call it uh, Steam fatigue, especially in the advent of, like, Humble Bundles and where we're getting tons and tons of games. Like, like today, uh, right now, you can go onto uh, the Humble Bundle website and get, like, ten Humble... Uh, ten Warner Brothers games, including both... Uh, Batman, Arkham City, and Arkham Asylum, um, and like every Fear game and Scribblenauts, all for like five dollars. Um, and this is something that's a common, common recycling thing that happens a lot of the time. But it, what what ends up happening is that you end up having this library of games that you're never going to have time to play. Um, if you haven't played any of the Arkham uh, Asylum game or Arkham uh, Batman games, like you're not gonna probably have enough time to play them by the time that the next Humble Bundle comes out and there's another 10 games that they're offering for um, you being you being able to own for $5, you know, like, <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. Um, and, like, this... So, you you think the entry point's too low, then? Because it because it's not causing you to selectively choose what you're playing. It can, because what, what, what that does is that creates um, a, a, an obligation for you as, as a player to say no to getting games that you kind of want um, <laughs> uh, because you know you don't have time to play them. And that's something that it requires a lot of self-control because, it, t- it I mean, it already requires a lot of self-control when you go to a store and you see a game that you really, really, really want and you see, hey, it's, this one's on sale for only $30. Like, that was a problem, yeah. like, five years ago. Uh, and now you go to... you go I, I go online, I get an email, and I find out that I have the opportunity to own 10 games, maybe three of which I really want, and then I get another email like two minutes later, like, oh hey, this game is actually completely free. <laughs> it's like... Too, yeah, and too it becomes games. this weird, uh, overwhelming problem where you have too many options, and too many things that you want to do, and, and, and that's probably for me why I've become such a dabbler. Like, I do have way too many Steam games. Um, that's There's no getting around that. Like, I, I had... Uh, a year and a half ago, I had one game in my Steam account, and that was Civilization Five. And I think I, I yeah, and I nice. I played it for um, the the length of the tutorial, which was this, this crazy like eight hour period. Got super duper into it, loved it, and then I got uh, the, the my first ever humble bundle, and I haven't been able to get back to to Civilization Five yet. Um, and I I literally like finished uh, that first humble bundle, Humble Bundle Six, which was like. Um, a, a, a ton of great games that I really wanted to check out, including Amnesia and um, uh, Bastion, which became one of my favorite games. And, and I never actually finished that whole bundle up until like September of this year. And it was like I've gotten a lot of hum- bundles since then, so I've become this massive dabbler. And it does become this thing unless I have a very clear uh, discipline about myself, which is weird that you have to have a discipline for playing games. Um, 
but where I say, all right, I'm going to play this game right now, um, or these five games, and because <laughs> that's 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 the pro- the realistic problem that I end up facing is like, oh, I want to play this game, and I want to play this game, and well. I bought this game, so if I don't play it, then, you know, it, and it just creates this strange paralysis, and it can leave you, as a player, uh, as myself, um, if I'm playing too much, um, dissatisfied. Um, and this is something that I think uh, is, is actually kind of a, a scriptural concept, is that, uh, I, I don't know where it, where, where it says this in the scriptures, honestly, but, like, too much entertainment makes you depressed. Like, that's kind of one of those things that I've I've heard a lot. I, 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 again, I don't know that there's any actual scriptural support for that, but that, but it's it's a true concept. No, I'm, I'm just thinking about it. But at the same time, I'm also thinking about how pathetic this sounds. Yeah. It's very much a, a first world problem. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, entirely. <laughs> I have too many games. I can't deal with it. What I was trying to think, though, Josh, is um, what other hobbies would you experience this in? I mean, I guess with sports, it'd be a matter of picking a team, right? Because there's yeah, so many teams yeah. out there, I guess you would have this overload, but you end up picking a team that you like. But it's not like that. It is like that, and it isn't like that with games because there's such a diverse flavor. Well, I think it comes down to any kind of media, uh, any kind of uh, hobby that includes media consumption. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like this is something that you find even even for people who are like hardcore academics, like um, they just want to read too many books. Um, and books, honestly, like. I used to look at books as this huge, different kind of thing compared to games, but they do the exact same thing. Um, they pull you aside, and they make you suck your hours into them, and where you're often not engaging with anyone else because you're so in the, the world of that book. Um, and movies don't do this as much, because like, movies are, are inherently, whether or not that's um, our choice or not, Like movies just generally kind of suck when you watch them by yourself. They're, you don't want to watch movies by yourself, but you do want to watch... You do want to play games by yourself, uh, as long as it's a single-player game. Uh, and you do want to play, um, uh, or you do want to read books by yourself. So I think that those are, that, that might be a, a valid comparison. And anybody who has a library is, has, is familiar with this concept of, of getting overwhelmed with too many options. Um, I think that whenever I go to, to uh, our, our, uh, our bookshelf um, and I look at books that we have, it's not often that I'm like, all right, I want to read this book because it looks attractive to me at this moment. It's more like I go to the bookshelf and I'm like, we got a lot of books. I might want to read them one day. And then I walk away. Very similar to your to your game scenario where you wanted to watch Netflix. You go and watch Netflix instead. Uh-huh. It's an easier option. Yeah. So, um, did you have anything else that you wanted to add to that or to no. the uh, subject of dream? Okay, cool. We need to move on. Um, so, games that have contributed to your, your growth as a person. You, you pitched this question to me. Um, so I should be the one who answers this, but I'm going to pass the buck to you and put you on the spot and say, are there any games that have that you think have actually made you a better person? See, and I wouldn't say it was necessarily the game. I would say it was the people that I was playing with. So oh, yeah. games, yeah, yeah. they're a lot more fun when you play with other people. Uh, I, I can just think of all the you know just different uh, experiences that I've had just playing with other people. Um, whether it was playing, my wife and I uh, played through Super Mario Galaxy together, and we beat it. It was the first game I think we ever beat together, and just the experience of that. I still wish that we could go back and do it all over again. You know, just yeah, that's capture, actually really awesome. You know, capture that moment. Um, that's actually a really good game for that sort of thing yeah, too. Because it's real, it's real laid back in its second player, so it doesn't demand a lot, and yet um, I actually I need her to play it because otherwise I'm telling you I'm not very good at the game 
I mean, I, I am, but you know what I mean? Because the other, the second player, you know, they act as your collector of any of the collectibles in the game, the star bits. And then the other thing that they can do is they, they can hold enemies. I'm trying to, I'm trying to make sure I'm not mixing it up with the sequel. Um, cause the sequel added more powers to the second player, but you know, you can help the first, the first player jump, you know, it's just, you're a companion, you're an aide, you know, to Mario basically. And yeah, that's pretty awesome. I didn't even realize that was such an important yeah, part of the it, game. It is an important part of the game, and I think that you could easily play through that game all by yourself and not realize that. But it's a it's a pretty cool feature. No, so I mean, games that have led to growth. It's it's usually it's the people that I'm playing with, or you know what? It's a game that, um, uh, say, I I spent a summer where I sat at the kitchen table. I, I came home from college, uh, set my computer up at the kitchen table, and I played World of Warcraft for three months. And I would get up in the morning, and I would sit down, and I would play, and I would play that until 11 o'clock at night. And I, I made family members yeah. mad. Um, it was terrible. I mean, I was I was playing hardcore, and the reason I was doing it is I was trying to out-level friends. And what's funny is in the end, they ended up beating me. But the game ended up contributing to growth because it showed me uh, the dangers of gaming. Um, when huh. you allow that, when actually, and I was using it as an escape, so I didn't have to go get a job. I mean, that's that's ultimately what it was, yeah. and that contributed to you know personal growth because I won't ever let that happen again. And actually, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sad that it that's actually ever happened to begin with. Like, I'm, I asked my mom, yeah. I'm like, why didn't you just come and take my keyboard away or something? You know, why why didn't you do something? You know, and I, I don't know what she said, but. That's not her fault. It was my fault, you know. I mean, so that's sure, that's sure. what I think of games. I don't know if they've ever led to. They lead to personal growth in different ways, you know. It's not. It's a it's a side, not a side effect. You know what I mean? It's. Yeah. Anyways, that's that's kind of what I think of when I think of personal growth games. What 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 track do you go down? No, that's really good. Um, I I, I can say that um on the subject of games that uh, have really made me. Um, and and benefited me the first the first ones that come to mind like it's it's interesting because I have two different tracks that go off in my mind at the same time the first one is on the subject of of games that have have grown relationships because of the multiplayer component so yeah. I, I go straight for Halo um, all the way from Halo two to Halo four present um, and that's not for those who don't know Halo like there's like five other games in there. Um, uh, besides just two, uh, two, three, and four. Uh, but the the point being, not five. It's like three. But the the point being, like that, there's so many games that I, I played with other people, specifically at the youth center in our town. And these are these are relationships that I built with kids that have led into uh, guys being important parts of my game cell. Um, and these are guys who, um, like like my guy Alex, who um, was the one who who, who uh, me spending time with him led into the creation of green, of game cell. Um, and it came from literally us sitting down playing halo and shooting each other and it it, it creates this uh me from a, a mentor perspective because I'm, I'm at the rec center as as a mentor i have to um help these guys who are getting really mad at one another who are shooting each other have fun for me it's all about facilitating having fun and developing a good playtime with another person and i know that might sound like childish um, uh, in a certain sense, but it also creates this quality of experience with another person that 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 build that that is building a quality relationship. So, like, 
and these are all guys that um, for for the past several years have learned how to enjoy doing things with one another and and even though they their their primary communication language might still be games um it's it it's still relationships that have been formed and that's how a lot of these guys have been uh introduced to Jesus in in a lot of ways maybe not introduced is the wrong word but like um brought into uh our church community which is which is uh expressing of the resurrection lifestyle so that's one um and and of course other games that have have, have really uh, augmented and, and complemented um, time with people who I wouldn't necessarily be able to have fun with otherwise through games, like namely my my parents. Like my parents never played any video games with me growing up, um, and I know boohoo me, right? Um, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> thank you for patting me on the back over the phone. Yeah, um, no, no pat. But uh, when they came down to, earlier this summer, I tried out Space Team with them, which is a free a free game where you're basically all working together as uh, in your imaginary holodecks, uh, or not holodecks, but uh, your, your starship bridge, and you're pressing your little buttons on the, on the phone, and you're yelling at one another to communicate what needs to be done to make you all effectively get through you know, the conceptual space at the same time. Um, and I've never had this much fun with my parents. I've never had this much fun with, and, and, and since then I've been using it everywhere that I can um, I, I had a, a session in Game Cell where we got our pastor who who, ne- who doesn't play games, and like games freak him out because he's like, I don't know what to do with this thing. Um, but we put ga- uh, Space Team in his hands, and he's like loving it. We're all able to have fun with one another. So those those are things that I think that definitely add are um, games that build relationships. Um, mm-hmm. And o- other things that I definitely... On the other track, I think of uh, games like um, To the Moon, which is... Uh, a, entirely a story-driven game where there's like no conflict what's uh, or no combat or mechanical system other than maybe like the lightest of puzzling um but the 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 core of the story is um uh for me uh, and a lot of people come from different different angles on this but what for me was about validating uh the the protagonist's wife who has has an undiagnosed um uh special feature of sorts on on the autism spectrum, um, and they never clearly say that it's Asperger's. But um, you can if you if you're reading in between the lines, she has Asperger's, and I love that that it gives and validates and explains this realistic, um, you know, challenge to, to to life, and and empowers this character um, in a way that I've never seen in in, in any other game, uh, and, and especially because like my brother's autistic, um, and so like having a character that I can relate to on 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 that kind of spectrum um, in a video game that's done with subtlety, like and nuance, like I love that about To the Moon. Um, and uh, so similar, uh, and basically, there's this concept of of player empathy. So like, at games that cause you to be empathetic to other people. Other games that are known for doing this are like Papo and Yo, which is about a boy who has an abusive father. Um, another game might be Gone Home, who's uh, you know a little different from, from the traditional um, uh, Christian <laughs> uh, worldview because it's about a, a girl who falls in love with another girl and how her family responds to that. Um, and But it still puts you in this position of, of, of empathy towards that whole thing. And, and like for me, I loved experiencing how much uh, the main, the, that character, Sam, her story just was so much like my own. Um, and I just loved it. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, so, I still haven't played it. Uh, and, 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 and 
I hope I didn't spoil too much of that, because but but you kind of get a little bit of that from the trailer. At least I did. Um, so then there's and then there's another game like Journey, which um, I think added, adds a lot to me as a person because it. Um, well, well, Journey is is designed to be a game that you play with another person, um, and that you don't know them physically in any way, shape, or form. But that you're online and you see a person walking around, um, and you're like, oh, this is just another character in the game, and then you find out at the very end of the game when the credits roll that you see their gamer tag. Um, if you didn't know going into it that it was it was another person. See, I, I knew going into it. Spoiled it. Right, right, right. And and that's, you know... Uh, and, and But but I, I brought that to Game Cell and the guys didn't know that at all. And so they're interacting with, with this character and they're like, why are they going over there? What are they doing? And they, it was just this funny thing because I had no idea that it was an actual other person. And it was this, this kind of like... A, uh, magical effect that I was able to see, but that was one thing that everyone loved about that game, and I was—I think that's cool. I think it's really cool. Uh, but the thing that I really resonated within that game was that I felt like there were certain uh, expressions of uh, light and 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 worship and and awe and and all of life coming like basically heavenly imagery. Uh, that I loved about Journey. Um, and of course, you know, people, uh, many, many of the other theology gaming guys, including maybe yourself, I don't know, um, feel like the Bo- maybe the Buddhist or, or other religious intones in that might overlay all that, kind of subvert any kind of like heavenly imagery that I, that, that I really love about it. Um, but uh, the, the main thing about Journey that, that I really liked was there's this moment where you're going up a temple and you see the, the, this golden cloud that kind of just starts to fill this whole this whole room and everything within this golden cloud uh comes alive all these all these cloth creatures and all these for for lack of better words um heavenly creatures just come alive in it and while you're inside of it it's like the music intensifies your light intensifies and and to me this is this is the concept of being in the manifest presence of god this is like when you're worshiping worshiping him and you're recognizing that he's with you and that he's um just it's it's like a dance and so the, those are the games that I, I would definitely say are the ones that really, really add life, add, add growth to me as a person, or at least uh, color it. Yeah, uh, that's cool. So I think that I've I, I made that a little too heavy, so it's time to talk about um, something that we're not super... Uh, new consoles. Are you so, going to get one? No. <laughs> are you? Um, no. <laughs> well, I All mean, right. for, Next first, subject. first from a lack of funds, but I mean, second, I don't see anything compelling that's telling me to come buy it. Right, right. So, like yesterday, um, you and I were actually like talking a little bit about uh, the the funny um, Polygon review because they did a, this this really, you know, fully fleshed out video review. It was pretty. Um, yeah, it was very very pretty. Um, and they said like, you know, there's a ton of cool features about the system. You know, it's very quick. It's responsive. You no longer have to wait five minutes when you want to go to the PlayStation store and stuff like that. Um, I thought it looked ugly. The dashboard of the PS4. It's just, it just looks terrible. Yeah. But of course there's, there's the dashboard that looks ugly. Um, and the bigger issue is the fact that no games really sell it. Um, the, the best, the best quote unquote games on it are, uh, Adaptations to old games uh, or, or, or other current gen games that are already available that you don't have to buy a new system for, like um, NBA 2K14 or whatever. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not interested at all. I mean, even and that's the Wii U's problem. 
tell me, tell me, you know, talk to me about a good game on it, and I'll go buy it. But I don't see anything that's compelling. It's telling me to go spend three, four hundred dollars on a new system when I can do everything else on my current stuff that I have. Yeah, and uh, Rock Paper Shotgun. I have, to, I do have to say this for for anyone listening. Um, uh, they they posted a very fascinating review. Uh, they said, "Hey, uh, the, the PS4 review is out. We're going to do a review for the PC." And they basically just drew in like little like squiggly pencil a, a picture of a PC box and said, "It's still great." Ten point five. Yeah, ten point five. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Yeah, I did. I did like that. And that's and that's the thing about the current console gen- or the new console generation coming out. I'd almost rather have a more high powered PC and Steam, and I think I'd be set. And you already have tons of Steam games. Like, it doesn't matter who you are. You somehow, uh, if nope. you are remotely close to video games in any way, shape, or form, you probably have Steam games. <laughs> so yeah, that's that, and that's and that's the thing. Like, um, consoles are not so appealing right now. Like, there's nothing, and 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 I I don't know if it's next week or the following week because I uh, should care more. Um, but the uh, Xbox One comes out, I guess, really soon. Yeah, I'm not sure. Same issue with the PS4. There's nothing really that's completely like this is why you need to own this thing. I mean, if if they had Uncharted four or five or seven or you know whatever, I I'd buy it. I'd be yeah. very I'd be excited over it. I'd want to jump back into it again. But they yeah. don't. Yeah. They don't. It's sad. That's a valid point. Cool. So um. Yeah, I, I can't think of anything else other than nope. that that I really want to talk about that. So the last question, um, and this could take way too long, so we're going to try to see, see how fast we can blow through it, but Let's agency. It. Um, so the reason why you brought up the subject of agency was because our friend Jacob Tolman had written an article about agency where he talked about um, the, whole, the the fact that he had a... Um, his wife saw that he was getting a phone call in his game from uh, his in-game girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Which sounds really messed up. It sounds really bad, yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, there, there's uh, an interesting component to all of that in the fact that, like, all right, is this person who is in this game that he's controlling, is that him? Mm-hmm. And uh, how does that relate to everything else? And I, th- I loved... Um, it, it, this is easily my favorite of, of his articles, and I need to go back and read more of them because this is just super captivating because he brought up this point about Denzel Washington. Um, and he said, I don't know if Denzel Washington is a Christian. Let's just assume he is for, you know, for argument's sake and say that um, Denzel Washington is a Christian. But he has had this tendency to play some really awful dudes. Like in Training Day, he was this awful, corrupt cop. He um, was a murderer in other movies. And he just there's many times where he's played a, a, a plain old awful dude. Yep. And even when he's been a quote unquote good guy, he's tortured people. Yep. So like uh, the, the question is, is Denzel Washington still a good guy? Is he still, you know, is that still Denzel Washington or is that just his character in the movie? Um, and uh, Jacob had, had asked his wife this and she said, oh, no, that's that's still that's OK. That's fine. Um, and he's like, all right, well, is it still OK if he uh, I'm not going to use the exact language that he used because it's a little bit crass. But um, if he had sex with another woman, uh, would would that be uh, crossing the line? And she said, most definitely. So it, uh, and Jacob explains like so it's okay for him to be on screen uh, torturing people, but it's not okay for him to be on screen having sex with another woman. Like that's that's our, our Christian division in terms of what's acceptable and what's not acceptable, whether or not it's what he as the actor is actually doing, but how we depict him. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so for in games, uh, it's it's kind of like this weird disconnect. It's like, all right, well, if my character is, uh, my, if my uh, commander Shepard is having sex with someone on his staff, um, or in, if uh, my femme Shepard, you know, it, it gets this really complicated, hairy question. Um, and uh, of course, the the bigger question, and I think that for anybody who is uh, not familiar with it, the question of agency in games um, is not going to necessarily have the same problem with all that, and they're just going to be like, oh, video games are bad and you shouldn't play them because you can do bad things where you can, like, run over people with cars and, and uh, you There's know... There's something satisfying about that. I'm not going to lie, I've, I've been doing a lot of that lately, but it's, it's all been zombies, so it's, it's okay. Mow <laughs> them down. <laughs> yeah. What, um, what drives me nuts is when they actually incorporate real-world uh, physics into it, and then the zombies or the people that you're mowing down, they slow you down, and that irritates me. <laughs> the first the first Grand Theft Auto, you could just like plow through people on a boardwalk or whatever and, and you just keep going, you're hauling down. But in then and then as the games progressed, they'd add physics into it to where it would actually slow you down. And it made me mad. Because I'm like, I, I just want to keep going. I want to go launch something, you know, as I'm flying down the boardwalk <laughs> and not cool. Yeah. But but am I the person behind the wheel mowing down the people? Yeah, I actually am. Um I am the one driving the car because I am the one controlling the car. But are they real people? No. Yeah. And would yeah. I ever do that in real life? No. Exactly. Um, f- fantasy versus reality. And so a lot of that actually also plays into um, the the depiction of the world. Like I think of um, like a, a great comparison is is Mario because everything in Mario is intentionally abstracted to the nth degree so that you don't have any kind of real world comparisons to it other than the fact that here's a character and when they jump they go up and down like past that everything else is blown out of proportion like there's no giant plants that walk around there's no walking turtles that assault you um, what what about the Ninja Turtle dudes um nin- Hammer Brothers oh Hammer Brothers yeah uh, they they, they are assault you. Yeah, no, I'm, I and I complete, <laughs> and I completely agree with that. But like, there's a reason why that whole world is so abstracted because Nintendo actually had this ethos behind everything that they did that was like, let's make everything as abstract as possible. And as fans clamored for things like Legend of Zelda to look more realistic, they realized like, let's move away from that and go more towards like Wind Waker territory. Um, because when everything looks super realistic, it suddenly becomes uh, a morality question. It becomes something um, like. Like, honestly, Grand Theft Auto would be absolutely fine. Like, there's been uh, a good handful of games that have the exact same Grand Theft Auto formula, but the moment that they uh, exist in a cartoon, playful, fun, plushy world, um, they no longer... Even if you're doing the exact same awful things, um, like, I, I don't know if you can do it, the same kind of things in, like, Lego under, Undercover or whatever, like, um, but you... I don't know. That game looked like fun, though. Yeah, and you you can do, totally, totally mow down people in that game. I'm sure of it. Um they probably jump out of the way. Uh, they might. They might. They, you know what they do, though, in Grand Theft Auto, too, just to be fair. That's true. Um, but the, 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 the concept of, like, driving into things and seeing the destruction of things and, and tinkering with how, how the world works, um, that's part of play. That's part of how we figure out how things work in the world around us. And anyone who... Uh, basically, it's like child scientists. Um, and, and anybody who tries to do any of that sort of stuff in the real world, if they have parents... Uh, the parents are going to say, stop that, and smack them on their bottom, or if they're really out of line, if they're the parent who spanks, of course, um, or they'll just chide their child and get them to stop not misbehaving in the world, and that's just the nature of discipline. And once they go into a video game and realize that they no longer have those um, 
penalties, because games are designed to constrain and penalize players, the games actually do discipline you as the player for however the world is designed to function. Um, even even like Fallout, where you can do evil things, uh, if you're going to do evil things, you're going to get negative karma, and that's going to affect how people see you in the world and relate to you. Um, there is still a consequence, even if you are nuking towns. <laughs> Which is fun, but also sad and, and, and made me quit the game. Yeah. <laughs> so there was guilt involved too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 that's and that's exactly the the thing like the moment that you hear that sound that when you uh that I, I probably wasn't a good depiction of the sound, but that sound does does play the moment that you do bad things in Fallout. Um <laughs> you it, in the real world, we don't have sounds that play when we do bad things. Um we have parents um and friends, uh real friends who tell us Hey, maybe you shouldn't be doing that. Um, and I, I think that that's a good segue. And um, do you? I feel like there, there there needs to be some kind of bookend to the subject of, of of agency on whether or not it's good or bad and that sort of thing. Um, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, Jacob, I'll bring up re re bring up uh, Jacob's conclusion. Do you remember what he said at the end of his article? Uh, basically, what agency boils down to is it's a hard issue, is what he said. Yeah, exactly. You know. Do um, you are you actually, you know, do you believe that you're actually doing that or not? You know, and, and if you are, what was it? Um, go ahead. No, I, I can't remember exactly what he said, but I mean, the, the, the issue of, of what you're doing when it comes down to the heart, like, I do prefer, whenever I play a game that gives you options on whether to be a good guy or bad guy, I always go for the good guy, unless I want to start... Wait, 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 wait. So, so in Mass Effect, you were good the entire time. Oh yeah, entirely. Like I don't even know. Well, Mass Effect is, isn't good or bad. Mass Effect is nice or mean. Oh, um, I, you're always, I was always like, if if say we had to interrogate someone and I needed information now, I was <laughs> beating the crap out of the person just to get it. And then the next moment, I was nice to whoever it was that came up to me. <laughs> I had like this split personality going. I got to the point to where I didn't have enough renegade points or um, paragon paragon points, yeah. and so I wouldn't get either of the extreme options. I would just get the basic dialogue because I was walking the line so hard. It actually it irritated me, and I couldn't save different people because of that. Um, and that and that makes that makes sense. <laughs> but it, but um, it was fun though. Sure, sure. Um, and so you were both the good cop and the bad cop. That's right. Depends on the situation. And a lot of that depends on how you're approaching that particular play of the game. Like you could that could be just you uh, processing things. That could be you um, beating people up. Beating people up because you just want to see what happens when they, when when you do that, um, and and honestly, like that's part of the context of the game. While you're within the the zone, so to speak, uh, you have the opportunity to try those things. And if you don't like how it turns out for you, you can reload and try some try an earlier save where those consequences don't don't trickle down. Um, for me, I, I would I would say that yes, it comes down to the heart, but it also comes down to um, this involvement of God. Um, do you are you inviting God into your games? Are you uh, just you know, really picking apart why does this? What's the wrong in this? Like in Amnesia, there were things that my character had to do in order to move the story forward. I really, really didn't like, and it's those are totally valid reasons to quit playing the game. Like you said with Fallout, um, but I continued playing the game even though I didn't like what my character was doing because um, I figured that's him, that's not me, um, and that's where I was at that particular point in time. But it would have maybe been a little bit different if I was actually asking the Lord while I was playing it. Uh, God, what do you think of this? Um, and should I stop playing right now? And what should I, should I be spending my time somewhere else better? And if you're open to hearing the Holy Spirit on those things, 
Um, I think that's a really mature and positive thing to do. And I don't see any reason why uh, a teenage player of games who is a Christian uh, shouldn't be able to do that. Um, uh, even even a young person, even if, if your kid if your kid is filled with Holy Spirit and is um, no, is learning about how to walk with Jesus and, and and prays and talks to the Lord, there's no reason why they can't be doing that when they play games, and that you that you can encourage doing that with them. Um, I know it sounds a little overly spiritual, perhaps, um, but this is this is a part of like involving God in everything that we do. Um, and that's what he wants, where he wants to be in, seated in our hearts is, is involved in ed, anything and everything that we do. Um, and, and I and I, I mess up on that a lot. So and, and to be honest, I'm still trying to figure out exactly what that looks like. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that a lot of us are. Um, but it is a desired uh, a desired objective. So definitely. Yeah. So, so Brian, thank thank you so much for for talking to me about all these things. Was there anything that that you wanted to catch before we head out? Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, like I said, we talked about uh, what games drain you, uh, what games have contributed to growth as a person, a little bit about new consoles, and uh, whether or not you really believe in player agency. Um, and uh, so I hope you enjoyed all that conversation. And uh, yeah, we'll be back at another time, hopefully with the other guys. Um, but I, I, I do like this one-on-one with Brian because he's, he's got a ton of great things to say and always... Um, waits till just the right moment to chime in on when we have a large group so i'm glad that i got to hear more from you today even though i did probably steal most of the talking no thanks josh and you can find josh at love subverts you can find him at game church you can find him at theology gaming and you can find him at that other site i can't think of right now <laughs> yeah that's all right and brian is at johnnybgamer.com and uh at theology gaming often uh and uh yeah Love you, Brian. Um, Love you guys for tuning in and and checking us out. Um, And uh, if you really liked it, I would love it uh, if you would give us a five-star rating. Um, That helps us get a lot more traction and a lot of attention um, so that more people who have any interest in God and games also would check this sort of thing out. Um, I know it seems kind of trivial, but it it is actually really helpful. So uh, thanks again, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Cool. Thanks.